how are you now? <laughs> how are you now? He asks very tentatively because most of the people who are listening to this podcast probably watched uh, that Montreal Canadiens game. Um, and if they didn't watch, they probably at least had a peek at the scoreboard and saw uh, what happened. Um, I'm not going to give away the score off the top like I normally do. The Habs lost, um, but I'll get into the recap, and then we'll, we'll talk about the score. We'll talk about how it got there. Um, I, I got some thoughts on that game. I'm getting closer and closer to 100% here coming out of this cold, so um, I, I think I'll be able to go a good 20 minutes tonight. I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am pissed off. Um, <laughs> we'll get to it. I'm not going to give you the score yet. We're going to talk about it first. So the Habs stroll into Washington uh, on a two game. Uh, they just lost both games of a back to back, right? Neither of those games were very um, encouraging. Neither of those games really suggested that um, anything good was on the horizon. But you figured, you know, they, they had like a fun practice the day before. There were some videos circulating of them having a practice. I think uh, Matthias St. Louis was trying to keep things loose. And apparently that was the wrong decision because they came out with a brutal effort in Washington. Man, um, it, it wasn't terrible to start. The, the good news is they didn't give up a goal in the first 30 seconds of the game. <laughs> But of course, the first shot of the fucking game goes in for the Capitals. Uh, turnover. Caps go in on a three-on-two. Eric Gustafson passes it over to Alexander Ovechkin. Ovechkin, you you expect him to shoot there. You expect him to shoot. He doesn't. He gives it back to Gustafson. Former Hab Gus buries, makes it one nothing. A few minutes later, Nick Dowd just kind of chucks one from the outside hash marks on the net. Uh, it gets tipped in by Garnet Hathaway, and it's two nothing. From there. I will give the Habs some credit in this game. The rest of that first period was not too bad. They actually played pretty well. Uh, they started getting some chances. Most of those chances were coming from that top line. Kirby Dock, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield. They were looking pretty good. They looked very dangerous at the end of the period. Like the last 30 seconds, they got three or four good chances in a row. But they just couldn't crack anything. So they go into the second period uh, only down 2 nothing, And you got to feel pretty good about that, especially with you know how they kind of started playing a little bit better in the uh, you know second half of the first period. You're feeling decent about that, right? But we go into the second, and we're treated to a five-goal period, of which the halves are on the uh, losing end of those five goals. So no early second, <laughs> no early second period goal against at least. They didn't get scored on on the first shot of the second period. So we'll call that progress. And the Habs actually end up with a four-on-three. Uh, power play after some zebra action and the four on three it clicks you got Cole Caulfield out there with Nick Suzuki Nick Suzuki coming down from the point looking to take a shot maybe from his favorite spot just near the top of the circle Uh, but instead he puts a perfect pass across the ice to Cole Caulfield he's looking at a wide open net he's not missing wide open nets he puts it in and that's number 20 on the season for him 20 down and 20 more to go and it's two to one. The Habs are in this thing, uh, but it was relatively short-lived. Like I said, five-goal period, and you're on the losing end of it. A um, few minutes later, uh, there was a rush chance for the Capitals. Initial save was made by Jake Allen, a pretty nice save, but the rebound is still sitting there. He doesn't have it, 
and Nick Dow jams it in to make it three to one. We get coincidental roughing minors after that goal to put us at four on four. Uh, so there's a bit of a scramble. Like the Hazard a little bit pissed off about Dowd taking a whack at it. They felt like Allen had it, but he didn't have it. So uh, they call deuces on either side for that one. We go four on four. Uh, Jordan Harris makes a horrible pass. He's trying to give it back to Nick Suzuki, but he just kind of leaves it in the middle of nowhere. Um, Capitals take over. Now they've got numbers, and it leads to Van Riemsdyk throwing it over to Ovechkin uh, at the side of the net all alone. Yeah, he's not missing from there. It's 4-1 to one for the Washington Capitals. I was thinking at this point, this is where it's going to get ugly, and they're going to take over, but of course, the Habs got one more in them in this period. Cole Caulfield, this time, just steals the puck from Lars Eller near the Capitals' blue line, walks in, snipes 5-hole for his 21st of the season. 19 more to go, folks. The countdown continues, and it's 4-2. to two. The Habs, they're back in this thing. But what did I say? I said that this was a five-goal period, and they were on the losing end of it. And sure enough, late in the period, Capitals have a power play. Uh, there's a rebound. goes right to Dylan Strom, and he goes roof daddy with it. 5-2 to two is our score at the end of 40 minutes. And then in the third period, the wheels just come right the fuck off. Um, the early period goals, it happens again. Suzuki takes a trip early. Ovechkin gets a one-timer at the top of the circle. That makes it 6-2. to two. And then Johansson, Mantha, and then Ovechkin again. Um, I'm not going to bore you with the details of all that. 9-2 to two is your final. 9-2. to fucking two. The Montreal Canadiens lose. Um, oh. Let's... Before I get into my rant, because sure enough, this is going to turn into a rant one way or another, um, let's give you a little positive sign, right? Your silver lining of the night. Um, uh, do I even have to say it? It's Cole Caulfield. Man, this guy is automatic. Um, the, the the second goal honestly impressed me more than the first one. The first one was a wide open net. You know he's automatic from that spot for the most part. Even when the goalie gets across and gets square to him, he's automatic. Uh, on an open net like that, of course he's going to score. Um, and it was a really nice pass by Suzuki as well. But the second goal impressed me even more because he steals it. So he creates his own offense on that one. You know, he goes in, he pushes Lars Eller in a situation where it might have been not necessarily ill-advised because if, if Eller gets around you or makes a pass around you, then the Capitals have numbers. But at that point in the game, you're already down 4-1. to one. Take some chances. I love that he took the chance. I love that he got aggressive. Um, obviously, he pulled it off. Good hands to get the steal. Walks in. And, you know, he typically likes to go upstairs with his shots. Everybody knows that about him. The book on Cole Caulfield is he's looking to go Bardowski or he's looking for the elbow. Uh, like, he's trying to figure out a way that he can put it up and over you. But on this one, you know, he saw an opportunity to go five-hole, and he went five-hole, and it worked. I mean, what more can you say about this kid? He's having a fantastic year. We're 37 games in, and he's at 21 goals. I've been saying all year long, I said before the season even started, I believe that he's going to get to 40 this year. Uh, at this point, it seems a given. 37 in out of 82, and he's already got 21. I wonder if he can't push for 50 this year. If they figure out the fucking power play, there's a good chance that he could actually get to 50. Now, them figuring out the power play might be about as likely as me winning the lottery tomorrow, um, especially considering that I didn't even buy a ticket for the lottery. But, um, you know, it is it is what it is. 
They they got a terrible power play. He's get doing his damage right now primarily at five on five. If they happen to figure out a way to make their power play at least slightly passable, I'm telling you, this guy could kiss fifty this season. And um, man, it would be something if they had a fifty goal scorer in a season where they're also challenging to be a front runner in the Bedard sweepstakes. So um, man. What a game from Cole Caulfield. Um, he's deservedly silver lining or player of the night, whatever you want. Uh, we'll call it a silver lining because that was a shit sandwich of a game. Um, would really prefer to never see something like that again as long as I live, but you know, we might be in for a few more of those this year. And that brings me to the rant portion. Now, people who have followed this podcast, who have listened to it over the last couple of seasons, I think you know I have a pretty distinct slant on where I tend to go after games like this, and usually I start talking about firing people. Uh, I'm not going to do that today. Um, I don't think we're there yet. I, I think at, at least we knew this season going into it that the team wasn't going to be good, so it's hard for me to say, you know, after a 9-2 loss, all right, let's fire a coach or the coach or the general manager or anybody. What I will say is something that my colleague Jared Book said when he filled in for me. Um, he called out a number of people on the team that there's a lot of dead weight out there. So what I will say is that Ken Hughes needs to get on his horse and he needs to start cutting some of this dead weight. I don't care how you do it, right? Some of these players, like you need to take a look at your roster and you need to legitimately ask yourself, can you get anything for these guys in trade? Make your calls, find out if you can actually get anything for some of these guys in trade. And if you can't, then bury them in the minors. What is the point? of wasting a roster spot for the rest of this season, watching some of these guys barely try to play hockey so that you can maybe get something for them at the deadline. I don't care. I would way, 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 way rather see them bury some of these guys in the minors and call up somebody like Jesse Alonen and find out if he could be a uh, part of this team during the rebuild or after the rebuild or through the rebuild, right? Anthony Richard has looked pretty good in his call-up time. I'd rather see him play. I would rather see uh, Rafael Harvey Pignard play. I would rather see a lot of guys from the Laval Rocket get opportunities than some of the guys that are out there now. And some of them I've talked about multiple times. Let's start with Mike Hoffman. I don't think you're getting shit for Mike Hoffman at the deadline, now, later. I don't think it matters. I do not think you're getting anything for him. I thought he was brutal in this game. I've talked pretty rudely about him before and I've apologized for that he blocked me on Twitter what are you gonna do um <laughs> it's he's not good you're not getting anything for him at the deadline like let's 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 cut bait let's give up on this experiment man um he's got what another year left on his contract I don't care bury him in the minors let's see somebody else play you know um who else man oh oh this is a tough game to watch uh Joel Edmondson brutal what are you doing out there dude I am sick of watching him. If you can't find a trade for him, I don't know if you want to bury him in the minors. That, that might be a, a little bit too far for me to say that, especially considering that most of your defensemen outside of him are rookies. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, I'm sick of watching him every night. It's not getting any better. I, I think you got to start looking for a trade now. Start looking for it. Make some calls, man, because I'd, I'd rather see some of the young guys in, uh, in Laval get their chance. I'd, I'd rather see William Trudeau tomorrow than continue to see um, Joel Edmondson at this point. Uh, Jonathan Drouin had a decent game, but I'm frankly, I've been one of his biggest supporters since he came to the Montreal Canadiens. I'm getting sick of him too. Um, I, I, I can't, 
I can't keep making excuses. I mean, at one point, he had a really good opportunity. Uh, he had a really good shift where they were starting to create something. And he tries to pass over to Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson was beyond covered on that play. So he basically just passed it to the other team. Ends the threat. I mean, take it to the net. You might have to take a hit, but like, take the hit. Go to the net. Try to create something. If this game was like 9-6 to six or something, I, I wouldn't be as pissed off as I am right now. None of the fans would be as pissed off as they are right now. It would be much easier for us to swallow if you actually scored some goals and you had an opportunity to do something there and instead you just passed it to the other team uh, because you, you, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't have an answer. It doesn't make any sense. So he's another one. I'm, I'm getting a little bit fed up. Michael Pizzetta, he's fun. Um, he's been a lot of fun for this team, but it seems blatantly clear to me that he's not going to be around through the rebuild. Put him on waivers. Trade him. Try to trade him first and then put him on waivers if that doesn't work. Let's see someone else. I don't think that you've got what we need um, to actually accomplish something through this rebuild. Uh, Chris Weidman, same thing. Exact same thing. If nobody's interested in your services, waivers. You could help Laval. You clearly can't help the Montreal Canadiens. (laughs) Who else? Who else am I even going to talk about? Yoel Armia. Oh my God, Yoel Armia. Um, I feel bad for him because he's having such a brutal go this season. But, you know, you're taking up space on a roster that you can't help. Enough of it. Find a trade or put him on waivers and bury him in the minors. I don't want to watch him anymore. I would way rather, if you're going to lose 9-2... to two, if you're going to lose 9-2 to in the National Hockey League, you might as well do it while getting an opportunity to evaluate some young players that are actually going to be around for the long haul. What are you really doing right now? Because if, you're, if the reason that you're keeping the veterans around, if your reason that you're keeping all that dead weight on your roster is to try and audition them for trades, it's having the polar opposite effect of what you want. Because nobody's going to trade for these guys after you're getting shelled every game. You're getting beat 6-2, 7-2, 8-2, 9-2, do we need a 10-2 game before Kent Hughes says, all right, enough of that. We're going to make some roster changes. I don't know. This game, as far as I'm concerned, should be a wake-up call to Kent Hughes that you know we can't sit around and just wait for the deadline. I know you have some players that you're expecting to get certain returns for, but it can't wait. We, we can't keep riding this roster for the rest of the year. These embarrassing losses are doing nothing to help develop players. And seeing some of these deadweight guys play horribly in these horrible losses is doing nothing to help develop players. It's taking up space. It has to stop. And while we're at it, like how, how long are you going to wait before trying to capitalize and trading a goaltender? Hmm? How many times are you going to let Jake Allen get shelled like this before you start making trade calls? Like, he's got to have some kind of value on the market at this point. I don't know. I've I've said this many times. There's got to be a team out there that could use a Jake Allen. I don't think you can fault him for a second in that 9-2 loss. Not for a second. What what goal are you going to charge to him, really? Like, there's a few that you could say maybe he makes a save. But, like, I I think if he plays one of his best games ever, that's still 6-2. It's it's, It's not magically turning into a win anyways. The issue in that game was it's not like Washington outshot them like 4-5 to 1 or anything. It's that they were giving up constant 
high quality chances over and over and over and over again. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Like, we're talking lateral movement. We're talking one-timers from Alexander fucking Ovechkin with nobody on him at the side of the net. Like, nobody's stopping that. Nobody's stopping that. And if they do, you just you throw your arms up in the air, you go over it, you say a million thank yous to your goaltender, and you go about the rest of that game, and you try to fucking win it for him. And the Habs did none of that. And Jake Allen wasn't able to make those incredible saves. I mean, what do you want? I mean, give the guy an opportunity to go play somewhere else. And do it now while there's still some semblance of value, I guess. Like, you're going to tank his value. As much as you're tanking any of those veterans' values, you're going to tank your goaltender's values as well. Nobody's going to be looking at Jake Allen towards the deadline if he's got shelled, you know, three or four times in 7-2 or 9-2 games. They're going to go, well, this guy got shelled 7-2-9-2. They're not going to look at the context. They're not going to consider, you know, how did he get shelled 7-2-9-2? Was it his fault or was it the team's fault? They're just going to look at he got shelled 7-2-9-2. You see it every year with players who get traded. It's like this guy has 20 goals, so he gets uh, a first plus-plus in a trade. (laughs) And then the reality is, well, this guy's garbage. Oh my God, well, how did he get those 20 goals? And then all of a sudden you realize the situation he was in was what got him those 20 goals. Maybe he got some empty netters. Maybe he's getting really good power play time. Maybe this guy has 50 points, but he's been playing with Alexander Ovechkin on the power play and he's been just feeding one-timers over to him and the guy's just been sniping all the time. There's different context things like that that don't really get taken into account uh, as much as they should at the trade deadline, right? And... Jake Allen is going to end up one of those players if the Habs don't do something soon. If they plan to trade him at all, you got to try to do it soon. Um, number one, because you, you can't have goaltending just saving you all the time, and he had been doing that a number of times throughout the course of the season. And number two, because he's not going to have any value left if you keep getting shelled 9-2. Man. I don't know. I just think, I feel like this game should be a wake-up call to Kent Hughes. Like, we can't just keep on keeping on with this roster. This isn't helping the rebuild at this point. We can't even get a proper read on the young players because the the dead weight around them. It's exactly what Jared Book was saying in our Eyes in the Prize chat. It's, like it's hard to really evaluate the youngsters when really what you have right now is you have Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki doing their best. Um, Kirby Doc looking like potentially the answer in that top line. Everybody else, it's like, well... Um, you look up and down that lineup, you see a bunch of guys that probably aren't there by next year, if not by the year after that. And some of them are potentially going to get traded. Others are potentially, we're just going to let them walk. But at the end of the day, what are they contributing right now? And how are they helping us evaluate any of those young players? They're not. They're absolutely not. So this has got to be a wake-up call to Ken Hughes. Start making some moves. Let's see some some fresh blood in the lineup. I don't care. Again, if they lose 9-2, 
but they're playing a bunch of young players and they're really trying to take a look at you know what we might have in the organization that could help us moving forward i don't care i could take a 9-2 loss if that's what we're doing this didn't feel like that this felt like getting shelled nine nothing but we had cole caulfield and you know cole caulfield's gonna do something right he's not just gonna sit idly by and let the team get scored on nine times of course he's gonna score of course he's gonna score too Right? Of course Nick Suzuki is not just going to sit idly by and let the team get scored on nine times. He is, he's going to set one up for Cole Caulfield. He's going to get himself an opportunity. He's going to slide it across there. He's going to put it tape to tape, and it's going to go in. That's what we have right now. We're not really getting a chance to evaluate the young players. It's being taken from us by all that dead weight. So dead weight, man. It was a really good title. Um by Jared Book when he filled in for me while I was sick. I'm not going to take that again. We'll come up with a new title for it. But at the end of the day, it's the same message. And it's the same old faces that are showing us the same old bullshit on the ice for the Montreal Canadiens. Really got to get a handle on this. Really got to get some new blood in that lineup and see where it goes from there. Really get an opportunity to evaluate the young players instead of just whatever it is that they're doing right now. Aside from that, I don't really have any thoughts on that game. You know, it's a 9-2 loss. We had one line that played well. Everybody else played like crap. The D, I mean, Jordan Harris had maybe his worst game in a Montreal Canadiens uniform, which is tough because he's actually been pretty good. Um, I don't want to lay this loss at his feet, but it's just... Again, it's tough to evaluate him because, like, you look at the situation that he's been put in there. You know, they're they're giving up neutral zone turnovers left, right, and center. I mean, that, that's going to create panic in a young defenseman. This guy's still very, very young in his career. How are you supposed to defend all those neutral zone turnovers? I don't know, man. It's pretty brutal. Um, I really hope I don't have to watch one like that again. But as I mentioned, you know, if I do have to watch one again like that, I really hope that you're putting an emphasis on young players, that you're really trying to focus on the future of this team and not some veterans that may or may not be able to get you something at the deadline. You know, it's enough is enough. That was embarrassing. Uh, That's not going to help anybody's confidence moving forward towards the end of this year into next year. Um, you, you, you just can't have games like that uh, repeating themselves. So um, we'll give you that one, right? My my next my next one for the next nine two game. I, if, unless it looks very different from that one, I can tell you I'm, I might have an even more hostile tone uh, to that episode. But we'll see. Uh, again, we've all got our fingers crossed. I think that we don't see another one. So maybe we'll never find out. Uh, but if we do, um, folks, I, I promise you, I'll be here to let you know exactly what it sounds like. Um, by making it sound that way. So, um, ugh, gross game. I'm going to end it there because we're over 23 minutes already. So I, I did manage to go over 20 minutes with my rant despite still being a little bit under the weather. So go me. Um, over 23 minutes, I would say, c'est une soirée inconnue pour les employés de soutien. Oh, Joshua Roy almost scored his second goal of the game for Canada. Um, I guess before I leave you, Soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. Um, the other good silver lining of the night has nothing to do with the Habs. Joshua Roy already has a goal uh, against Sweden. It's 3-1 for Canada right now as I'm speaking. And um, Joshua Roy 
scored the opener for Canada. He's playing on a line with Connor Bedard, which is pretty interesting considering that we, <laughs> the Habs might actually be getting Connor Bedard, for all we know. Um, and boy, is he having himself a tournament, much like he did in the summer. He's having himself a tournament. He earned himself a promotion in the lineup. Joshua Roy is coming, folks. As early as next season, we might see him with the Habs. Um, he might have to play for Laval for a little bit, but at the end of the day, that's not a big deal. Um, I, I really firmly believe in this kid. I think he's going to be a fantastic, you know, maybe not top six, but middle six contributor for this team for years to come. Um, see, you know, if, if you're not paying attention to this kid, start paying attention. Get excited about him. Um, so there's there's one little positive thing that I can leave you with. Where are we? Where can you find us? We're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. And folks, one more time, 19 more goals to go. Cole Caulfield, the countdown continues. À la prochaine. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.